We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in. It is Casual Friday, a holiday weekend coming up. Casual Friday. As always, I am joined by my good buddy, Maintenance Day podcast host, noted hockey author, Joe Yurden. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird the fourth is coming up, man. That's That's what's throwing me for a loop. It's like... I've had like family plans for a bit, you know, around the fourth, you know, for like months now. And now it's like, oh, that's this weekend. Okay. All right. We're guessing, yeah, we're doing that now. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much snuck up on me. So it's, uh, it's got me caught off, caught off guard a little bit. Not that I wasn't prepared for all the stuff that we got, we got going on, but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I just can't believe it's July already coming up. It's nuts. It's flying. I, I don't think I, I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast. Take a wild guess at what I'm doing this weekend. I'll give you a hint. It involves a concert at Darien Lake. That's my oh, big, this, big this July. The Backstreet Boys concert? Yeah. Oh, I did mention man. I'm excited about it, man. That's my uh, Independence Day weekend right there in a nutshell. <laughs> it, can I, can I ask the motivation why you wanted to go? Nostalgia. Okay. I, I right. like Backstreet Boys too, by the way. I, I liked the boy bands of the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm not going to lie, man. NSYNC, 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys. Now, I, I like NSYNC way more. I still say to this mm. day, if NSYNC ever did a reunion tour, I would be willing to bet it would be the the highest grossing, the biggest selling tour in the history of music. And I'm, and I'm not even being funny. Music. Ever. They would sell out stadiums around the world if NSYNC got together and did a reunion. And if, especially if they put out a new album, it would be one of the highest selling albums of all time. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably right, but also like, that's just horrifying to hear. I'm not saying it would be the best album of all time, or it would be the best concert of all time. Although I'm sure it would be a good concert. Cause I, especially now that they're older, they, they ain't moving around like they did 20 some years ago on the, on the stage, yeah. but well, just we, that we, nostalgia we, factor, you know, a lot we of people, saw, we saw Timberlake dancing recently, and that was who oh boy, that was that was pretty rough. <laughs> you know, so did, you see, did you see that video of him just like, yeah, 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 it's well, a, like the Ashley Simpson, like, yeah, yuck, yuck, yuck dance, yeah, like, it's uh, trending on TikTok. I've I seen it. You know, what's <laughs> oh. funny too is because so I went to 
the West, um, what was it? West Seneca Community Days beer tent last week. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, dude, I felt like I was 90 years old. Like <laughs> once it got to be nine, nine thirty, all, everyone was probably just turned 21 over the last couple months. Like the graduating class from two or three years ago of West Seneca high school. We're all there. Mm-hmm. It never felt so old. Now with the Backstreet Boys concert, a couple people, yeah, were serious? they were a boy band. Yeah, but dude, they were a boy band 20 some years ago. The people mm-hmm. who are going to be at this concert are people who were fans of them 20 some years ago who were probably teenagers or maybe in their early 20s then. So there's going to yeah. be 30 and 40 year olds all over the place at this concert for the yeah. nostalgia factor. It's not going to be like a bunch of kids going to see the Backstreet Boys, like which would have been the case when they were first hot. But now yeah. all these years later, yeah, man, it's going to be a bunch of people my, well, maybe not quite my age. I mean, I'm pushing it a little bit, but you know what I'm saying? Full grown yeah. ass adults. <laughs> Dude, the, I'm thinking about this now. And like the, those bands hit when I was graduating high school, like around that time, like around ish that time. Mm-hmm. Cause that was like late nineties Yeah, when they, when they started hitting, I was like just graduating high school or like just into college. And it was just like, you know, we were like me and my buddies, we were all sick of it. Like, you know, we were just kind of like, man, these guys just shut up about them. Like they're whatever. But I mean, <laughs> it's endured. I don't, you know, I don't know what that says about anything, but like they've endured. So, you know, good yeah, for them. They are, look, and it, it's pop. It's pop music. It's it's fine. It is. And again, I, I, I like personally, I'd rather because I'm not into music nowadays. I still like old music. Like, yeah. you know, even a generation before. Um, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. You had new kids on the block and they're still touring to this day and still selling out, not stadiums, but they're selling out arenas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in fact, either they just came to Buffalo or they are coming to Buffalo soon with salt and pepper. And a, I, th- and I think a, it's soon. Yeah, they're coming too. So, I mean, hey, they're taking advantage of, of people. Like I said, the nostalgia factor, cool stuff. I want to get into, we got a lot of stuff that I want to get to today. We're going to, of course, our starting five this, this week, I want to say right off the top, we're doing best fast food chains. And we're going to spend some time talking Buffalo Sabres goaltending situation. And I want to throw it out there for people listening right now. Next week, Thursday night live, late Thursday night live, we're going to be taping immediately following uh, the first round of the NHL draft. The Sabres have three picks. Something eventful is going to likely happen with them. So we're going to do that mm-hmm. next week, and we'll have more of a Sabres offseason kind of preview next week. This week, I want to spend more time talking about the goalies. But before we get to that, on a serious note, last week, so if you remember at the beginning of last week's episode, I, I told you, I said, I really don't know what we're going to talk about today. I really have no mm-hmm. sought-out plan, and it's the weirdest thing because sometimes when you have those episodes and you don't have a lot of stuff planned and you kind of just wing it, they end up being the best episodes. And I felt mm-hmm. last week, um, I was really happy with the episode that we did. And a lot of people listened and a lot of people had a reaction to it for a couple of different topics. One of them, we had a conversation was about uh, Kim Bagula. And it was, a I didn't tell you ahead of time. This was a sure. uh, kind of impromptu conversation because I wanted to get your... I wanted to get your raw thoughts, not something that you had time to pre-plan and think out. And mm-hmm. basically what we talked about, because at the time there was no updates at all. We know since then there has been an update and it's awesome news and that's great. Um, but last week we had no idea what was going on. And it had been what, three weeks maybe or something since we had heard yeah. a peep? Two or so three weeks, yeah. Joe and I, if you didn't listen to it, I would suggest you do. Even better yet, if you don't want to listen to the whole entire podcast, you just want to check that out. Go on YouTube, Talking Buffalo Podcast YouTube channel. There's a clip specifically about our, our Kim Bagula conversation. 
But basically, we were questioning how the media should be covering this right now and weighing in all factors, the uh, the right to privacy, you know, versus this just being a legitimate big time news story involving a co-owner of a team, a team president, you know, stuff like that. And I thought it was a very good conversation. And like I said, I put something on YouTube and uh, I, I did not, when I throw a video up, especially on our channel right now, because it's still a pretty small channel, we only got like 700 or so subscribers. Typically speaking, we get maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred views for a video, which again, for a small startup kind of channel, not a bad deal at all. Yeah. But anyway, this one had over, like it's closing on 2000 view, views and a lot of commentary, not even necessarily on the video, but like I put this up on some Facebook group pages or Twitter and Reddit. And of course, Reddit is the one where we got a lot of comments. Now, the uh, the, the narrow minded comments from people who either just saw the title and then actually listen and watch our conversation is the answer is it's none of our business. You know, which whatever, of course, people who don't know any better are going to say that. But. You know, I, I, again, mostly I think people who liked our chat, who, who enjoyed it or respected what we had to say was the fact that you and I didn't sit there last week and try to pretend like we did have the answers. Mm-hmm. We're kind of just talking it out. Like on one hand, you can make a case for not saying anything, even if you know something. On the other hand, you could say that it's news and uh, it's worthy of being reported. Uh Reflecting now, a week later, I I feel this was a good conversation. And again, narrow-minded people saying, mind your own business. It was much more complex than that. But I enjoyed the conversation. And and I I do think, to some extent, it prompted some response. Some of it bad, because we started hearing fake death rumors about Ben Bagula earlier in the week, which is just absolutely deplorable, which did Mm -hmm. prompt, by the way, before I turn over to you, the Sabres did make a, a statement. In part, maybe it was because of that, because of the, the, the fake death rumors. In part... I also think Jesse Bagula, who's playing in Wimbledon, maybe they didn't want the media to have to deal with that when she's out there. Uh, but anyway, the statement was Kim's progressing well and resting and rehabilitating from a health issue. We are grateful for the medical professionals providing her care and everyone for their prayers and well wishes. We ask that you please continue to respect our need for privacy during this time. What are your overall thoughts about our conversation and reaction from it? Well, no, the conversation, I think it was a good conversation to have just because I think there's been a lot of those kinds of conversations in private amongst you know, just, just people, sure. I, I think in general, I think that's just been the case. Obviously it's a, it's a little different being in the media uh, because there is that whole, like, what do you do to write? You know, what do you do to talk about it? What do you do to write about it? What do you do to, you know, try to, you know, find, you know, find out what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the grief, the grief reporters get for, for doing their job is insane. Like that's, I made that pretty, pretty clear because, you know, listen, everybody's got a job to do and, and that's that. And, uh, I, I think, you know, I, you know, I did not read any of the, the reaction from, you know, from other points of the internet. I didn't, you know, I didn't, nobody said anything. You're well not to. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I'm not going to seek out bad opinions, so I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do that. I do lurk on Reddit, but I ain't going to look and, you know, I try to steer away from any of the Buffalo sports threads because sure. Oh boy. It's, it's, it's rough. It can but, be, yeah. um, but it's you know you know i look at what happened this week and you know i think one i don't know if i had mentioned this last week but you know one of the things that you have to do in these situations is to be pr forward um and you know take control of the message before it gets run around on you 
Uh, and that's kind of that's that's what happened this week because that rumor that you're talking about that's I watched the progression of that rumor because I you know somebody somebody mentioned it to me early that morning and I was like me too no there's there's no truth to that I'm I'm I would bet anything I'd bet anything that I have on that um and I was like well let's see how fast this takes to get around well it took about two hours you know we're talking like 10 a.m to noon uh whatever day that was uh, that it went wildfire, that everybody had it. Everybody's asking questions. Everybody's hitting up. Everybody's like, hey, you heard anything about that? And then you started seeing stuff pop up on Twitter, replies to the Bills, the Sabres, about any of this stuff. It's like, well, you know, it's really horrible to hear this. I've seen reports. Like, well, no, you saw zero reports, A. Right. You know, there were, there were no reports. And B, it's just, you know, hearing it from your your friend Bob or, you know, your your pal, you know, Nikki, you know, you know, it works saying like, well, oh, hey, I heard this. This is pretty bad. Oh, I heard this, this horrible thing. I got that's, that's, not, a, that's not a report. That's just, just people talking it, but it's, it's the game of telephone that happens with this stuff. Once it got going, it really spread. Cause I got a couple messages from people saying, Oh, Kimball is dead. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I'm like, Jesus, we just, me, Joe and I just talked about this and I just literally dropped a clip yeah. the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good conversation. And again, I it think, was. I think people, who jumped to a mind your own business thing were were being very narrow minded or they didn't listen to it at all because that's not we that's were suggesting we weren't suggesting that people should be digging and digging and digging and reporting every little detail either we never did mm -hmm. that we were just questioning you know and looking at something from from both sides obviously the most important right. thing is that she's hopefully on the men and right is doing better it's, i'm not gonna it, lie to you man i i feared the worst and i almost embraced i was embraced for the worst i was expecting at this point without hearing anything all this time and hearing a little bit of, you know, rumblings here and there that things were, uh, and they, st you know, I'm whatever I'm going to assume this. I'm assuming she's far from being out of the woods, but mm -hmm. this is positive news compared to what I thought might well, be the case. Thank well, you. Well, but you don't know, right? I mean, we don't know. Exactly. We don't know anything. All we know is what they tell us. Exactly. Um, exactly. But this is, but that, that that's, you know, this is what starts up the gossip wagon though. Yeah. And you're right about say, your point is not saying anything, you know, like, what? you know, and it took them until what, five o'clock in the afternoon to put something out like that. Like, do you think you it was a combination I, of rumors? No, that's no. To me, that's 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 a complete reaction to what's be, what's going around. Do you think her daughter playing tennis in Wimbledon had no. anything to do with it at no. all? No, you don't think no. so? Absolutely. Okay. Not. No. Okay. No, I think no. it's got nothing to do with it. Like, okay. that's not that's no, that, that had zero to do with anything. Um you know, th that people were overreacting to her, her match getting postponed was insane. You know, like that yeah, was weather. <laughs> if you, if you watched, if you watched any of Wimbledon at all that, that, you know, the day before and the, that day, like, you right. know, it's cause of rain. Right. Right. Just, you know, just people <laughs> latching on, trying to, you know, trying to force the, uh, the funeral wagon down the street, you know, it's just like, man, oh man, just like give, give it a break. Please. Right. But like, that's, but uh, you know, but that's what, that's what not, even giving a most basic update, which that's all that was. It was just sure. a super basic, like, hey, no, she's fine. She's at home. She's resting. Okay. Like, it was important, though. But, like, right. And you you're, gotta, right. You gotta, you're right. You're right. You have to tell people. You can't just sit on it and let, you know, let idle hands, you know, come up with crazy ideas and you get speculation like that or, you know, so and so heard from so and so. It's the Ferris Bueller thing. You know, it's sad and it's so and so sick. from so and so heard this set, you know, at 31 yeah. Flavors. And, oh, I heard, you know, it's 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 crazy just it's horrible get out in front of it like don't the worst thing in pr is to be, is to be reactionary right. you got to get out in front of all this stuff i don't you know listen, that I'm was reactionary PR, too i'm not a pr pro but that's that was completely reactionary and it's 
honestly, it's all crisis communications. Like, yeah, I agree. Presidents, you know, the president's hurt. Presidents, you know, in, in the hospital, they're sick, whatever, whatever the deal is. You talked about you, this you last gotta week. You got to get too. out front of it. And like, you, you said that last week. People talk. You said that last week, too. And you were right last week. And you prove, and this proves that you were right last week. You did say that last week. You have to get out in front of stuff. And otherwise, all the media is just your your PR people or, or whatever. We talked about all that stuff. But yeah, by getting out of in front of it, that does stop the the idiots and the, the sick-minded mm-hmm. people who want to spread complete, you know, idiotic fake death rumors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You put something out and that prevents it. But anyway, like I said, a good positive report, some hope. And uh, I thought that was a good conversation. Another conversation that we had last week regarding the Buffalo Bills, which was just a thought at the time I had thrown out. And that was about people just sleeping on the Bengals. And that mm-hmm. evolved into a, a pretty good conversation too. I took a clip. I put that up on YouTube and that did really well. And I'll tell you this, if nothing else, Joe, we, um, you know, I don't know how Bills fans might feel about us, but I promise you this, Cincinnati Bengal fans like us right now. <laughs> Lots of compliments. I did go through, there's like 60 something comments on the YouTube video. And the majority of them are from Cincinnati Bengals fans, not Bills fans. And uh, they liked us, man. They were, um, they were very complimentary towards what we, we talked about. Because again, we were being honest. We're like, hey, the Bills are a very good football team. They deserve to be you know, the favorites, but the Bengals are right there with them. And uh, I don't know, again, sometimes it was just kind of going to lean into what we're going to talk about in a second here, which you don't mm-hmm. even know about. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I just think it's sometimes instead of being a fan, even if you are a fan of your team, like I am a Bills fan, I don't try to say I'm not, but um, just being honest and saying, hey, the Bengals should be right there with the Bills. And I, and I think a lot of Bengals fans appreciated that. And you hit on this too last week, the Bungles, I think you called them. That's what oh, we're yeah. used to them being. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, we kind of relate to the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, all the year, like, just like the Browns, all the years and years and years of suckage and mm-hmm. being irrelevant. And now they're good. And it's like, I almost don't know how to, people don't know how to act. So they're just sleeping on them. Assuming last year or last year was a fluke. Yeah. Like you don't like they won their first playoff game since 1989. Yeah. And everybody's just like, ah, they lucked into it. It's, no, they really didn't. They didn't really <laughs> luck into anything. Like they didn't luck into the playoffs. They didn't back their way in. They didn't do any of that stuff. Like they're, they're actually good and they've, they've improved. So, you know, sleep on them at your own peril. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Real quick. I started a series on this podcast this week and I'm doing it now through uh training camp. It's a Buffalo Bills all-time top 10 list. I'm going to position by position and coming up with a list of who I think are the top 10 Buffalo Bills of all time. And I use several factors, uh, longevity, production, personal accolades, team success, stuff like that. I want to drop the quarterback and running back if you miss these Monday and Wednesday. And by the way, for everyone listening or watching on YouTube, I'm doing these during the week, obviously casual Friday with Joe. That's, you know, that's our normal Friday show. But I'm filling these in around up until training camp. But anyway, I did a, a top 10 Bills all-time episode. And I'm just going to run them down real quick. I'll go from 10 to 1. Dennis Shaw, 10. Frank Reich, 9. Bledsoe, 8. Fitzpatrick, 7. Tyrod, 6. The 5, Doug Flutie. 4, Fergie. 3, Jack Kemp. 2, Josh Allen. Number 1, Jim Kelly. Uh, before I run through running backs, that looks about right to you, don't it, Joe? I mean... I got the commentary. A couple of people said Josh Allen should be number one, which is, come on. I mean, that's disrespectful no. to Jim's body of work. Josh might be number one four to five years from now if we were to do this list. But right now, you mm-hmm. can't put him number one. That was the only, 
I don't want to say beef. The other one was mainly around like Flutie, Tyrod, Fitzpatrick, Bledsoe, like that five yeah. to eight. People were kind yeah. of maneuvering around. With Doug Flutie, I said this, man. Doug Flutie was 21 and nine as a Bill starter. That's a great record. And he put asses in seats during a time where they had to sell club seats to keep this team in town because Ralph Wilson was kind of putting overtures out there about moving. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, when we, when we did our, when we did our, top five of built non non Kelly, non Allen yeah. uh, quarterbacks. Uh, I was on the Rob Johnson side of things when it came to him and Flutie. And mm-hmm. I still stick by that, that Flutie threw a hand grenade and like that, that whole action uh, <laughs> for a bit. So I'm not, you know, I'm not big on the Flutie bandwagon. I, I would put Tyrod ahead of him. I think the top four is flawless, you know, Kemp yeah. Ferguson, Allen Kelly, like that's, yeah. I don't think you can, I don't think anybody below four can, can make a claim at four. You know, right. I, I don't. I, I don't think there's any way you do it unless it, unless you're just a hype person that wants to, you know, you're a really big Flutie fan, or you want to give Tyrod, you know, a ton of credit for get, you know, breaking the drought and getting he did. Back to the playoffs, and but. he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, it's it's um, like I said, it's uh, these are all obviously subjective. I like the list. I I think it's funny that Frank Reich's on there. He had eight starts in his career, but he's on this list because he. He, he, the Bills don't get to the, to a Super Bowl without him, you know, mm-hmm. two big playoff wins. So uh, yeah. anyway, that was the quarterbacks. Running backs, 10, Greg Bell, 9, Marshawn Lynch, 8, Willis McGahee, 7, Fred Jackson, 6, LaShawn McCoy, 5, Travis Henry, 4, Joe Cribs, 3, Cookie Gilchrist, 2, Thurman, 1, O.J. Simpson. Obviously, the feedback I'm getting early on, because I just dropped this on Wednesday, O.J. shouldn't be number one and Thurman should. Again, respectfully i disagree his off-field stuff obviously that matters but this is the best bills running back of all time it's not the best or the or you know the most high character bills or the best human beings he was the Mm -hmm. best running back the bills have ever seen i mean the guy ran for like 1700 yards four times i don't have all the stats in front of me i I could bust them out but uh i i I love thurman hall of fame running back number two Mm -hmm. solid on my list but i couldn't put him number one a lot of people disagree with that yeah, no, I can understand disagreeing with that just because Thurman was key to them getting to the Super Bowl four years in a row. And, you know, he would he would have been Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 25. I'm convinced of that. Uh, without a doubt, he would have been. Um, you know, I, I I can I can understand it, but the, the eras are so different. True. You know, from when OJ was playing and when, you know, Thurman, because, you know, it was it was a it was a strong running back league when Thurman was around, but also was you know, it was the passing game and opened mm-hmm. up a lot more. Absolutely. Um, and he was good out of the backfield catching the ball too. So um, there's a lot of arguments to be made there. Um, but I, 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 even I, like me having never watched OJ as a, as a player, and I don't know how much you ever got to see him as Barely. a player, but uh, <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, I can't, I can't Diapers. really judge it that hard, but sure. Man, but like everything, everything you you've you've seen in videos of him or hear about him from people that watched him, like it's you know OJ was OJ was like top back in the league essentially. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of the five greatest running backs I think in NFL history. If you take yeah. away the uh, the obvious stuff that has nothing to do with football, big, man, that's a big thing. I, it is. I mean, a, it is a big thing. thing but again, this is not a popularity contest, though. This is right. the best running backs. But this is what I'm talking about. But I think, I don't know, like your top four, I think is is solid again. I don't think you can argue anybody in the top four. And I don't think you can put anybody outside the top four in the, in the top four. Yeah, I I agree. I got quarterbacks up, but yeah, I agree. Especially the top three. I mean, Cookie Gilchrist and the funny thing about Cookie Gilchrist and he, you were going all the way back to the sixties, but 
Dude only played in Buffalo for three years, but he literally mm -hmm. led the league all three years in rushing. He was a two-time MVP or All-Pro, and they won two mm -hmm. championships when he played. So, yeah, man, I agree. These are fun. Next week, I'm doing wide receivers and tight ends along with our uh, casual Friday podcast, so it'll be a busy week. No, wait, are you doing it position by position? Yes. So you're going to do top 10 tackles, top 10 guards, yep. top 10 centers? Holy yep. cow. Yep. So what next week, you know what's funny? There's, well, I'll tell you, the, maybe the biggest undertaking was uh, tight end. And I'll be doing that. I think it's next. Mm. I want to say it's next Wednesday. Um, because does, uh, there's does, not 10. Does Glenn there, Gronkowski make the list? <laughs> not, it, it was hard to come up or to find 10 really good tight ends. I'll give you one spoiler alert. Robert Royal barely did shit for the Bills. And he's 10th on the list. So it's like, yeah, it's not like Roy that dude like, was a bigger disappointment than he was a good tight end. in Buffalo. He, oh yeah, yeah, he was. But like I said, running back was, you know, throughout the bills history, they haven't been good in bunches, but the bills have historically had good running backs. There are good running backs who didn't make that list. Like CJ Spiller mm -hmm. right off the top of my head. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a Terry Miller. There's, there's a handful of good running backs who just didn't make that list. Cause that's one position they've been good at tight end. Not so much. Uh, before we get into a break, I do want to uh, cover one responding to a tweet, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. And it could be a uh, a slippery slope a little bit, but okay. All right, so Jeff Perlman, a New York Times multi-time best-selling author, who by the way has been on this podcast before, he talked about uh, sports journalism, and somebody had talked about it's being acceptable for journalists to be fans of teams. And Jeff, and I want to read his response. He said, "This is wrong." Times one hundred. Want to celebrate a team, work for the team's website. But being part of a journalist means you don't root. You're unbiased. I grew up a Mets fan. As soon as I covered baseball, that died. Not hard, just done because I knew the profession. All right. That was Jeff Perlman's response to somebody. Um, cover one, uh, obviously, who covers the Buffalo Bills here. They said this. Most journalists probably feel this way, and I get it. But I believe times have changed, and you could do both. Some journalists do they just lie to themselves and others. All right. Well, addressing the I'm, first... I'm glad you did not prepare me for this because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm ready. First, first question or not question, first point, because this is kind of a two layered thing. First, uh, cover one says some journalists do. They just lie to themselves and others. I believe that. I think there are some journalists out there who and it doesn't make them a bad journalist. So I'm not saying that, but. There are some journalists out there who try to say they're not fans of the team they cover and they try to act like they're not, but they are. And they do a lousy job of not being a fan of the teams that they cover. So that part I do agree with, but I want your thoughts. Who do you agree with more? Not saying cover one is saying that it's okay to be fans of the team you cover. Although that's certainly what they're suggesting because they're saying more journalists do this. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on this? You covered the Buffalo Sabres for the athletic. You've covered the Sabres for Sabres.com. You've covered, you've covered teams before you've covered hockey. So, and you've done it in a mainstream level, not a, a blogger, you know, alternative mm -hmm. media level. What are your thoughts when you see something like this? Uh, that response from cover one is dead fucking wrong. First off, like that, that's, that's more wrong than wrong can be. Uh, if you're a fan and you're covering a team, and you're openly a fan of that team, uh, you're not a journalist anymore. You are rah-rah, you mm -hmm. know, team can do no wrong. Uh, you're not a journalist anymore. You're you're a fan covering the team uh, just with a professional badge on. And that professional badge should probably be taken away 
at that point. Now, Jeff Perlman went off about this because uh, it was Mike Chambers from the Denver Post was proud to share pictures of himself with victory cigar in mouth and carrying the cup around, like picking up the cup after the avalanche won. Mm -hmm. He's been the beat writer for that team for a long time. Sorry, man. Like, that's not your team, you know? Right. Uh, some of the stuff that I heard from from other people that were covering that night uh, looks even less positive compared to that, which is pretty stark, honestly, because that's a, that's a damning admission and damning thing to put out there about yourself, like that you're hard on the bandwagon for the team to win, and that's that. Because, again... When you're a journalist, you're not a fan because you have to you have to be open to whatever happens happens. You have to write about it. So, you know, he he wants to celebrate and hold the cup with one of the players. Well, what if that player that he's holding the cup with uh, gets busted drunk driving or commits some kind of crime or does this that or the other thing? Where you got to be objective. You have to write about it. You have to write the news about it. Uh, are am I going to believe that that reporter is going to be able to? write about it objectively or write about it at all or report it at all if they're palling around and you know thinking they're part of the team no way your integrity is gone it's out the window you're done if you want to be a fan quit your job buy season tickets easy as that like you, you can't you cannot do that and i know and i know saying this is can be a little awkward in buffalo given how some people react when it comes to the bills sure and i'm not you know i'm not Get a point fingers. I'm not going to name names, but you can see it pretty obviously, you know, and that, you know, that's news and sports people alike. Like that's, you cannot, like, if you're a news person being rah-rah about the bills, how can you objectively cover the stadium deal? You know, like you can't because you're sitting there going, they got to get the deal done. It's it, it, they, anything, anything's got to get done to get this thing done. Or just the beat in general. No, right. You're so, I mean, it's, it's. This this type of thing makes me so mad because people people that aren't in the business that aren't journalists don't understand that you, like objectivity is what you're supposed to be you know like you know fans are very eager to just accept news from the teams and just be like I don't need anything else that's good okay for that that's it's fine for you but I mean you know just putting on you know just just putting on blinders and just being like team can do no wrong they are number one I believe in the team like. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that teams do that's slimy. There's a lot of stuff that teams do that's not good. Like that stuff's got to get reported on, right? Well, let you me know? ask let me ask you this, Joey. And and I don't think you're wrong, by the way. I think that's what the standard should be. I agree with you. Okay, if you're covering a team, you can't be a fan of it. It's simple as that because you can't be objective. Forget about mm -hmm. breaking news or reporting something. You talk. About, I'm even covering a team's beat on a day to day basis. Mm -hmm. There might be some negative that you're less hesitant to write about somebody because you're a fan of that player and you're a fan of that team and you don't want, mm -hmm. you know, to shed negativity to them. But I will say this in terms of the cover one tweet, when most journalists probably feel this way and he gets it, he says, times have changed. This is where I do agree. Times have changed. And if you want evidence of that, instead of opinion, I'll give you one. I am, um, and I want to be really clear on this, okay? I'm not criticizing anybody in specific, but I'm going to use a name specifically. Mookie Hawkins, who is a credentialed Buffalo Bills media reporter. He uh, covers the Bills. He works for a radio station in Buffalo, okay? He is a very big Buffalo Bills fan, and he does not try to hide that. So I'm not dissing him because I'm not saying something that's not blatantly obvious. 
He is a big Bills fan. And again, I don't know Mookie well, but from what interactions I have with him, I like him. This is not me taking personal shots, pot shots at anybody. But my point is this, Joe, every week, if you pay attention, if you're a fan and you watch on Twitter or whatever, the, the Bills have their weekly media pressers. He's, he's a credential media member. He's at the games. He's in the press box. He is on the Zoom calls. He is at the press conferences at the stadium asking questions. Very clearly, I don't. I'm, I think he grew up in Buffalo. I'm pretty sure he did. But he's a Bills fan. My point is this. Yet he's a credential member of the media. That's um, That doesn't align with how things should be if you're covering a team objectively. Now, you could say this too. This might be different because he works for a radio station and it's not, they're not really covering the bills, so to speak. Although again, he is a credential media member and he's just one person at one market. And I'm only saying him because of, again, he's somebody who comes to mind of kind of what we're talking about and not necessarily, I'm at least not saying it's right or it's wrong, but I'm telling you the Buffalo bills, social or uh, the media relations department gives the, the man a credential to cover the team. And he's a fan of the team. And even his questions are, I mean, blatantly fan types of questions mm -hmm. so there and i'm sure there's other nfl teams and certainly other sports teams and other markets that have um men and women like this who are credentialed members of the media that doesn't happen yeah. 20 years ago right 10 years ago uh i mean that's tough to say because a lot of this a lot of these outlets a lot of this stuff wasn't around then for teams to that's true or whatnot yeah. you know there were more there were more in the way of newspapers there were more in the way of reporters um there were more tv you know reporters that were doing stuff like that's it it's it's different uh that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's better um sure. I, it, to me like to me an ideal space for for sports teams is to have as wide uh an, an acceptance for for all outlets that you know say that they're going to cover the team and they're going to be dedicated to it open the doors let it let it be the case sure. you know and if if long time if long time writers don't like that, you know, sorry, man. Like, okay, you know, you you know, just you can they, they know how to dominate scrums, they know how to dominate the question asking por portions, and also it's up to the PR people too. Like PR people can pick who to who ask questions and you know, okay, this, that, or the other things. And I know some of them do. Some of them are very, you know, very forward about that, but um, but you know, denying coverage to anybody is stupid. It's it's so stupid, especially you know, for some teams you want as much coverage as possible. And, you know, it, the limiting that crowd, limiting that audience means limiting the number of eyeballs that are going to be paying attention. True. So that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Now, how Mookie or anybody, you know, anybody in that same kind of vein decides to ask questions. Well, I mean, they know their audience. They know the role that they're playing. They know what they're supposed to do. And like, mm -hmm. you know, honestly, if you're, if you're coming from a, a, a radio station that, you know, I know, I know his station does some sports. They do, they do do some sports, um, but it's not like they're in competition with GR. No, like they're not a sports only station. Right. Um, and they don't, you know, they don't have, you know, uh, the same sort of journalistic standards as other places do. So yeah, the questions are going to be a little bit different. Um, does that mean like, you know, does them being a little bit more loose about things mean they shouldn't have a credential? I, you know, again, no, like they should, you know, they can have one. Um, but just don't ask dumb questions. You know, there's enough, <laughs> I know enough people from, you know, outlets that actually do some kind of coverage and do some stuff. And some of the people just don't 
ask good questions at all. Like they ask, you know, they, they ask scrum ender questions, you know, like they ask a question and they're just kind of, all right, that's enough for today. We're, we're going to get out of here. But, um, you mean like but when Vaughn like, Miller joins the team and the third question in is about him, him, chicken wings? Uh, that, well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that, uh, that, that's, that kind of dumb shit should be the last question ever asked. But like, I think, I think what you're, you know, what you're saying is that of course, like, you know, somebody in that role is, is a fan. Well, yeah, but you know, they're not, they're not writing the daily coverage of the team. They're not being asked to, to objectively cover things. They're not being asked to hit the hard news stuff. Like that's not, that's not what their role is. Like if you're a talk radio host, like if you're a host, you, know, you run a talk show or whatever, you know, you, you're looking for stuff that you can yak about on the air. That that's like hot button stuff. You want the hot takes, you want all the, you know, the crazy quotes. So you're going to ask questions to elicit that response. Um, Whereas if you're a reporter, you're probably angling things differently. You're probably looking, you know, to, to, you know, something to build on a story or, or go from there. But, you know, the same point, like you're not, you, you cannot be objective about those things. If you're in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I really hope the team wins. I really want them to win. The only, you know, I'll be honest. The only time I've ever, I ever want the Sabres to win is just win in general so that people pay attention to the team. Sure. So I have more people that want to read what I write. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. But for me to sit to sit there and be like, man, can't believe these guys blew it again. Like this sucks. Like or you know, yeah, they better get to the playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna sit around and do that stuff. It's stupid. I've had media people tell me before, on and off the record, that they've a reason why they want their team to do well is because more people care when they're doing well. Now right. some people will say, well, if they're not gonna be good, I hope they're absolutely putrid and they suck. The last thing anyone wants to do is cover a middling 500 team. That's never mm-hmm. going to go anywhere. That's not fun. Welcome to the world of being a New York Knicks fan. You know what I mean? But anyway. No, Knicks, well, it's different. The Knicks are never boring. True. That, they're, they're bad. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're never boring. That is true. But that beat is uh, that that beat is never lacking for, cover, for some kind covering of Covering a team that is good makes more people crave news. They want they want to get their 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 eyes and their ears on every single piece of information possible when they're good. I don't know, man. It would be easy for me to criticize saying, especially if you're born and raised in Western New York and you you join the media and you get hired to mm-hmm. not be a fan. I'd be lying if I said it wouldn't be a struggle for me. It would be on a day-to-day basis, like say if we did watch along every Bills game and we were doing a live stream, I would be able to contain emotions, I think, for the most part, pretty well. However, mm-hmm. when it got to the playoffs, like if there would have been cameras on us when the way the Kansas City game played out last year, I would have had a fucking heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would have been stroking during our live stream. I would not have been able to be objective during that time because no matter how much I know it's my job, I circle back to being a kid and all the fucking heartbreaks that I've experienced with the Bills. So that's why I think it's difficult. And I'm not saying they can't or they don't, but when you're born and raised and you cover a market that you're from, I do think it's harder to be objective than say if you make it outside higher. Say what you will about Mike Rodak. I promise you, unlike uh, me, like I said, if he's covering mm-hmm. the Bills and he watched that Chiefs game last year, he's stoic. His face has not changed. To him, he's covering news. To well, yeah. me, I'm he, living and dying did. on the Bills' last 13 seconds. And people I don't think kill. I'm the only media member who would say that too. People, people always kill Rodak because he because he was very open admitting that he was a, you know he's a Patriots fan growing up. Sure, and like you know he always got the crooked Rodak thing, which he ran with. He, he enjoyed. <laughs> he that. loved it. That became a gimmick for him. Right. So, but like that's. 
it's different when you can say like, oh, I was a fan of this team, but like when you accept a job like that, you work at ESPN, you work, you, you work for the league website, you work for mm-hmm. the athletic, you work for the local newspaper, you, that the fan part dies. Jeff Perlman's a hundred percent about a hundred percent about that. You're still a fan of the game. You're still a fan of players in the game, but you're not cheering for the team. You're not, you know, you're not living and dying every day with, with the results of how that team does like that stops, that stops cold. Now, if I were to become a major league baseball writer, which I don't ever aim to be, uh, it would be really hard for me because I, you know, live in the Yankees. Yankees. Right. Yeah. So like, can I do that objectively? Mm, I don't know. It'd be really hard for me to give that up like that. But like, that's something I, I take into account for But you know, again, if the job's good enough, you put it aside. You know? I think like, if because you, that's what the job demands. If you did cover baseball for an example, and you, uh, you wrote about the Yankees. I think every time you wrote something positive, you'd be accused of being a homer, even if you were being objective. Oh, sure. Now, I, I, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You think of guys like Sal and Matt who are from Western New York who cover mm-hmm. the beats. Um, you know, it's easy to say, oh, they're homers and this and that. But, you know, the, first of all, this team's really good. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. You write something positive about them, they're going to be called, by, by the critics anyway, they're going to be called right. um, homers. There was a big article in the Buffalo News recently by Alan Pergman about you know, the relationships with the media, oh, how it's so don't, chummy, which don't get me started with that. I, I know that's a rabbit hole. That that <laughs> column was the worst. Some of what some of the worst. I agree. Premise I, I've ever heard. Things have changed. When I say when I say that piece of shit, I mean that column, not Alan Pergamon. Alan Pergamon's fine. He's a fine person. But like that, that column was garbage. It was straight out. I agree. And for lots of reasons, too. Yeah. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Anyway, we will, let's not get into that. That's another. <laughs> yeah, let's, I, I'll tell you what, let's go off on that. Let's take a quick break because I do want to get to uh, a little bit of Sabres talk and then we got to get to our starting five. I knew this would be a hot topic. And by the way, we could talk sports media and how teams are covered and what should and shouldn't be. We could be doing that literally for fucking, we could stack episode upon episode of that. See, but see, Joe Buffalo wins is going to be so mad you're doing this discussion with me and not him. No, because you'll be more objective. He's going to blast me for not being more critical. That's what he's going to do. Anyway, yeah, probably. we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, I am back with Joe Yard, and let's talk Sabres for a few minutes. And again, next Thursday, next Thursday night live, we're going to do a uh, a taping following the first round of the draft. We'll talk the draft, who the Sabres take, and we'll also get into like uh, I'll ask you what you think some of their plans are going to be for uh, the summer. But anyway, actual news here on Thursday morning: the Buffalo Sabres re-sign Craig Anderson, one year, uh, one point five million, which is double his salary from last last year. My first thought, Joe, right off the bat, without thinking things through, because, you know, I'm an overreactor and a knee-jerk reactor, I should say. Well, both. Mm-hmm. Um, is like, I, seriously, they're bringing back Craig Anderson. To me, that just means, yeah, same thing. Anderson, UPL, call it a day. Uh, your boy, your colleague, your Maintenance Day podcast co-host, uh, Lance Lazowski, minutes later put out a tweet, which made me feel a little bit better. And then I kind of started asking questions on Twitter. But anyway, he said, Craig Anderson's decision likely singles that Ukapeka Lukanen starts the season in Rochester, isn't ready to handle the type of workload they'll need to complement Anderson. Expect the Sabres to go get a proven NHL goalie to work in tandem with Anderson. Uh, thoughts on the Sabres re-signing Anderson. We know what he brings off the ice. We know, you know how much the team likes him and, and, and the stuff mm-hmm. he brings to the locker room, and I'm not discounting any of that. On the ice, 31 games played last year, 17-12-2 record, which is good. That was his record. Uh, 3.12 goals against and an 8.9 save percentage. Nothing to really write home about whatsoever. Uh, fans like him. Obviously, the team loves him. The players love him. Uh, what are your thoughts on him being back? And what are your thoughts in terms of Lance's tweet, too? Does this mean they're going on and getting someone else? Because I'm not convinced that's not the case with UPL. I'm, I've got this eerie feeling that UPL and Anderson are going to fight it out in training camp. Um, no, I don't think so. No, no, I agree. I agree with Lance. Um, of course you I, do. I, that's your part. That's your podcast. Well, yeah, I, I'm, listen, I, I can be objective and say Lance is wrong. <laughs> that would that would help our that would help our podcast out because if we could if we start you know yelling about goalies at each other for an hour like that's 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 good listening entertainment. Um, but I I I I, I want to judge this now. I I get it. I was expecting it to happen. You know if it, I. I said from the get go. I said if he wants to play the job, you know he, he'll he'll be back. Sure. You know if he wants to retire, cool. But if he but if he wants to get you know go for one more year, Sabers will welcome back with open arms, and he got a raise out of it. So cool. Like that's good for good for Craig. So that's that's good. Um, but I want to see what the other shoe is. I want to see the other shoe to drop. I want to know who the other goalie is before I can really cast a judgment on this. Because one of the other things Craig Adams said was that they've been on a, they've been talking a lot with Dustin Tukarski. And, you know, the conversations have been really good and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, people don't like if that. You're, if you're going to run it back with Tukarski and Anderson, no. No. That's a disservice. Like, no. That's a disservice to the fans and to these young players if they were to do that. Yeah. And that's not a knock on on either of those guys, but you, you're, you're running it back with the same goaltending that you had last year and you're a 75 point team. Right. I'm sorry, man. Like you're, the rest of the team's going to be better, and they're you know ideally they're going to be able to score more. They're going to be able to you know play better and, and ideally win more games. But you still need a guy back there to stop pucks regularly. You know Anderson's not. You can't ask him to st- you know to to start 40 games in a season. You can't can't do that. So you don't see UPL and Anderson being one two in one no. form or the other. Nope. Nope. 
Why not? No, I don't. I, I don't because because they want them to get more games. It's flat out what it is. They didn't give them any defense in front of them in Rochester last year. UPL, you know? you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, he had, you had to fight every game basically to 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 get things done. And honestly, you know, like you want to see things get a little bit better. And you know, I, I've talked from the get go about how his development's been all kinds of whacked out and, and stunted because of you know COVID and injury, you know, goalie injuries and throughout the organization. Um, you know, like that all has an effect on things, you know, and it's, it's a bad combo of, you know, previous administration, not really having a very well executed plan. And again, injuries for, for other goalies and for him getting in the way. Um, you know, I, I, I think ideally if he had had two seasons in Rochester, like if he had the Linus Allmark sort of, um, you know, upgrowth where, you know, he was in Rochester for two, three seasons. And then it was like, okay, now's your time to come up. Uh, I think that would have been ideal. That way, this year you're thinking, okay, well, he's up this year. We'll see if he can take the reins. Uh, but all that got pushed back. Everything got pushed back because of that. And you know, I, I think it's, I, I think it's fair to wonder if maybe they're, maybe a little dis, discontent. I can't say dis, disappointed in him because they, you know, because they like that he's trying hard. Adam said that, you know, said that uh, on Thursday. That you know they like how they like his attitude, and you know if he lets in a rough goal, like he comes back and fights back, you know even harder to make sure the next one doesn't go in. So, you know they like his attitude, they like the way he's been able to handle those things. But you know when it comes to you know taking a spot in the NHL, you can't get that stuff gifted to you. You know I think you could argue last year that they had the table set for him to be able to to take the backup job. Uh, you know, for so it could be him and Anderson in the NHL level, you know, because you know, you sign Dell, like if you send him down, okay, fine. If you have Tukarski already in, in there, you're thinking, all right, he's our starter, Roch, let's go. Um, but like none of that worked, <laughs> you know, none of that happened. You know, Dell wasn't great, Lucan was even worse, and Tukarski played very well in, in the preseason, so he got the job behind, you know, him and Anderson. So, um, you know, if you know, if they do sign Tukarski and the idea is to have him and Lucan and be the guys in Rochester again, okay, cool. That fourth goalie better be somebody who's going to place fifty to fifty-five to sixty games for you in the NHL level. Because if he's not, you so you're, you think you're, you're juggling knives whether all next season whether it's a goalie that they bring in, which is according to you and Lance, you know, two guys who are mm -hmm. 10 times more uh, knowledgeable of hockey than I am, which I, I want to throw out there for the record, by the way, I do not agree with you when it comes to how I think UPL is going to be handled or Lance for that matter. We'll mm -hmm. find out. And again, I'm not trying to say that I, you guys are 10 times the hockey people I am. But anyway, so whether they bring in a new guy from the outside or I am right and UPL starts the season in Buffalo with Anderson, let's just assume for a second I am right. Mm -hmm. You think Anderson... Ideally for the Sabres, they probably want him to play what? 30 games, 25 to 30 games? Or do you think he's a guy who could play 40 or more games? Uh no, 25 to 30 games is what I is what I need out of Craig Anderson. I don't need more than 30. Okay. 35, so, 35 at the absolute max. Like that's the absolute max. I I I don't like how I don't like the season's possibilities of improvement, of getting the major improvement that they're looking for in the standings if he's got to play more than 35 games. Okay, that's fair. I would say this. In terms of if you're right and Anderson's only going to play 25 to 30 games, then 
I would say I'm wrong 100% about UPL because I don't think the Sabres would plan on bringing him in and, and having him play 50 to 60 games. Mm-hmm. But if it was kind of a true rotation, um, then I would say this uh, about UPL because uh, he played nine games with the Sabres last year. First of all, he's 23 years old, so he's not even like he's a kid. He did play nine. Mm-hmm. He had nine starts with the Sabres last year. And uh, he had, his stats were better in Buffalo than they were in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2.77 goals against and nine or 0.917 save percentage. I guess my fear is that they're going to say, all right, this is the year we find out what we have in UPL. It can he be the answer. We're going to give him a shot this year, and we're going to see if he can handle 40 to 50 games in net as a starter, stay healthy, and produce. Let's find out now what we have in him. That's my fear. And you know the funny thing, Joe, on the whole, is this. This is a product of what happens when you're bad for so long. When you're bad for a long time, like the Sabres have been, we question literally everything, every single decision. It happened with the Bills, and then the Bills got good. And now we trust Brandon Bean. You know, even if the the decision feels weird, if it's you don't, you're like, eh, on the outside, you kind of give the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt to them because they've earned it. I feel weird about the Sabres' goaltending moves right now, and they're not good. So I don't yeah. trust, I don't trust anything that the Sabres are, are doing right now. I hope yeah. you're right. For the record, you and Lance, who is far more likely you guys are right. You know what you're talking about far better than I do. I just, I don't know. There's something in me that says UPL is coming to camp with an opportunity to be anywhere from the Sabres number one. He won't be the number two goalie because that's Anderson. So he's got mm-hmm. a chance to win the job or he's going to Rochester. Yeah. Uh, but like, that's something I need Adams to say, like, I need I need him to come out okay. directly and say Lucan and Lucan's our guy. We we believe in him. We think he, we believe he'll be in the NHL this year. He didn't say any of that. I, just I, like he just yeah. like he didn't really mention Eric Portillo very much. No, I won't be like he was asked directly about him. He didn't really mention his right. Name if a lot. if the Sabers get another goalie, and we're going to talk about the team as a whole next week, like you know how we think free agency and trades might play out over the summer, mm-hmm. but. The goalie specifically, before we get to this draft, if they bring someone in, is just going to be is it going to be a stopgap guy? Because if they got believe, if they like Devin Levi, it doesn't make much sense. Like uh, I, I was looking at a couple names, like uh, Jack Campbell or, or uh, Huso mm-hmm. from from uh, St. Louis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a couple other guys like that as well. Uh, I heard you and Lance on your podcast last week talking about, although highly unlikely, John Gibson is a trade candidate. <laughs> right. You guys at least brought his name up on maintenance mm-hmm. day last week. Um, you think there's very little chance that they're going to go on and get a name, a guy who's going to be the undisputed number one for, for multiple years because they're, they really like Devin Levi? Or do you say all doors are open and maybe they will swing a trade and go get a guy who's, hey, you're number one goalie for sure? I, I, I think the doors are, they're not swung all the way open, but the door's open. The door's open for that possibility because, again, if they were 100% behind Lukanen, they would come right out and say it like, you know, he's our guy. Like we're, you know, we're ready. We're ready to push him. We're ready. We think he's ready for the NHL now. Now maybe that conversation happens next year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, that's, that's possible. I'm not saying that, that, that they don't believe in it at all, but I think they want to, they want to see more. They want to see more consistency. I think that's the case. If it's, a, if they go out and sign Campbell or Huso, uh, I think it depends on the term because, because you got to think about Levi, you got to think about Portillo down the road. Because if you block up a spot in the NHL for you know the next two, three, four years, you know, then you're saying like, okay, well, it's you versus Lucan, and you know, to get in the NHL. Uh, I, I think at that point, one of those guys says, you know what, 
nah, I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm not in it to fight for a backup spot. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, you know, that's why Cal Peterson took off. You know, they traded for Leonard that took one spot in the NHL. Linus Allmark was knocking on the door, you know? So, you know, Peterson was like, well, Allmark's got the advantage on me. He's already been around, you know, two, three, four years before me, you know, I'm going to have to play in Rochester till, you know, Leonard's contracts up or they trade somebody. No, thanks. I don't right. want to sign up for that. So like, that's, that's the, that's the worry with signing somebody for long-term. Now, if you do that, if you, if they do sign somebody for long-term to play goal and I, by long-term, I mean like more than two years, mm-hmm. um, then you're saying you, you, you better have had those conversations already with those guys, you know, with Levi, with Portillo, because they got to know, and you have to have the conversation with Lucanen too, you know, to say like, listen, we're not taking, we're not taking a, a job away from you, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta prove it. You gotta play for it. Um, but like, you know, I know everybody's geeked for, for Levi to, to get, you know, to get signed and get him in here because he's been so good in college. Like, I mean, he's, you know, one of the best college hockey seasons of all time last year. Yeah. Um, you still don't know what you got. You right. Know, the, 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 the step up in competition between college and the pros is vast. So you don't know what you got until you've actually got it there. Obviously it's, it's trending in the very right direction. Um, you know, when, he's, when you put up Ryan Miller numbers in college, that's, that's pretty good. Doesn't that scare you if you're, well, you're not a Sabres fan. I am a Sabres fan. It scares me a little bit because look, we talk about the rebuild and all these good young pieces they have and this core that looks mm-hmm. good. And there's lots of room to ascend a lot more than they already have. But at the end of the day, Joe, if your goaltending is not good, you ain't going nowhere. I don't care how good your centers and your wingers and, and your defensemen are. And you're, you know, are you? You're banking on guys who have proven nothing in the NHL, whether it's UPL, whether it's Portillo, whether it's uh, Levi, as good as he looks in college, you don't know. So let's say you put all your eggs in the basket of Devin Levi's going to be our guy two years from now, three years from now, whatever it's going to end up being. And you got all these guys who are in their third, fourth, fifth year, these skaters who are looking good. And Devin Levi comes in and he's not it. Then where are you? You know what I'm saying? So that's why for me, if I got an opportunity to go get a a goalie who's really good. And I know he's good because I've seen him play good in the NHL and I can lock him up for four or five years. I ain't worried about the prospects, especially if the kid's 25, 26 years old, the goalie that you can go make a trade for or something like that. Give me the goalie. It's kind of like quarterbacking in the NFL. You could have all the prospects in the world, but give me a guy who's been in the NFL for four or five years who I know is good. I've seen him be good. And I want that guy being my quarterback because quarterback and goalie are kind of one and the same in a way. You know what I'm saying? It, that that's what yeah. scares me about this organization. They had they know nothing about their goaltending position right now. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's I think that's pretty fair. I mean, they've got a pretty strong idea what they've got. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like they're flying blind with this. They're, they're sure. just kind of like, I don't know. Let's throw some guy in the net. We'll see how it goes. True. I mean, he you is know, killing it in college. I mean, sure, <laughs> right. But I mean, you ask like, what's you know how far can you get? Well, look at what the Oilers have done. You know, Mike <laughs> Smith. Mike Smith has been pretty average to you know average to below average on occasion. Yeah, now, they're played, fun. His numbers were really good in the playoffs, you know, but like every stinker goal, every, you know, mm. you know, every time he pops off about, you know, something he's screaming at his defenseman, he's doing this, that, and the other thing. It's just like, you know, is it worth the trouble at that point? But, you know, it's still, it only, it only got them to the conference final. Um, you know, they, you know, the, the fact that they made it that far this year was a big accomplishment for them where it's like, you've had, you've had the two biggest scores in the league the last two, three years, man. Like, you should be able to get further than that. You know, the year they played in the all the, when they had the all Canada division, they, you know, they lose, you know, they lose to what Montreal 
I think, or yeah, I think they lost to Montreal in like the first round. And I was like, that's it. See ya. Like, okay, cool. Neat. Like that's, that's awesome. You know, you lost to a vastly inferior team. It's great. That's <laughs> really good job guys. You, you did it. But, um, but like, I mean, you know, with, with, with that stuff, like you, you just, you, you got, like, you got to get somebody, if you've got an elite scoring team, you got to get at least somebody who's at, you know, slightly above average to be able to, to do that if he can get hot for a run and then go you know just go off then like hey cool that's great but if he's just like you know hey he was all right tonight to like oh man he let in a couple of stinkers like the whole season long man you're, you're probably gonna be you're probably not gonna do end up doing very well i mean maybe you make the playoffs which i know that's the bar here now you know just get back to the playoffs first you know reset the counter mm -hmm. uh you know like you know same way it was with the bills you know just get to the playoffs get you know get the counter back to zero um but you know, if you're if you're you know everybody's idea is to win the Stanley Cup, like you're probably not going to do it if you got average or slightly below average goal goaltending. Yeah, and also let's not forget Anderson's a one year guy. Right? It's not like Anderson's got one of the no. two goaltending positions locked up no. for the next you know no. three to four years. No, it's one. Anyway. It's one year, and you know what? If two guys beat him out, you know, I don't think you feel bad then. Right. You know. Right. I agree. Who knows? Maybe we might get a little more clarity by the end of next week after the draft in terms of the Sabres go out and they get Very another true. goalie. So we'll talk about that next week. All right. Last week, our starting five draft best all time NFL quarterbacks. This was a fucking ass whooping. Uh, Joe won 82%. I had 18. Let me recap the picks first. Um, Joe took Tom Brady first overall, Tom Brady. He also got Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Steve Young. I drafted Joe Montana, John Elway, Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino. Um, first and foremost, I'll say this, me pandering to the over 45 crowd on Twitter clearly did not work. Uh, I, I got taken to the woodshed here. Couple things I'll say about this draft, you know, having time to review it and reflect. Taking Elway over Manning was a big mistake and I had Manning over Elway on my big board in real time. I changed my mind. I think that was a needle mover because after you took Brady, if I could have went Montana Manning, I think that would have drew me some votes my way, at least some anyway. So that was dumb. I went against my own board. Johnny Unitas, zero chance of resonating with the third overall pick. Yeah, I could have taken a dozen guys in that spot at least. Mm -hmm. um, also, I'm mad at myself because I really, really wanted to steal. I love Steve Young. I thought that was a good pick. You got him with the last pick. I could have mm -hmm. taken him third or fourth and no one would have said I was reaching. That was a mistake. I, More than anything, Joe. I think you're, I think you're overthinking this. I was honestly. accused of taking <laughs> they, uh, they well, ask, people. Ask you, me, you should be used to that by now. I, I know, but people are like, dude, is this your gimmick? You go out and you get your ass kicked. Like, no, I saw that. I saw that. Hey, Joe wins <laughs> is, is leading this series 31 17. I mean, that's a big sizable lead, but it's not like I've never won. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't know for me, for me, this is, this is another poll where like, I was like, I, I was pretty sure I was going to win, but yeah. like, again, I've, I've stopped trying to predict because weeks that I thought I was like, oh, I got this easy. I lose, you know, 75, 25. It's like, cool. Like I, I had, you know, whatever. When I, when uh, I know this is what I thought it was going to be like 60, 40. Uh, I knew, I, I knew it. I didn't know it was going to be 82, 18. Well, I thought it was like, I thought we were looking at like <laughs> 65 to 70 for you. I knew if I know when I leave this draft that I'm not going to lose, that I am going to lose, it never works out. Now, sometimes I think I'm going to win and I don't. But if I know, if I leave this draft not confident I'm going to win, then I know I got no chance. 
I just fucked up like three different times, man. I don't, I, I don't, you're, I think you're being too hard on yourself. No, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm calling, I'm being, this is me just trying to prop you up and be like, no, man, you, you're doing great. You're I'm, doing great, but no, 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 no. That was, that was not my best effort. I was being, uh, I'm being objective there. My effort last week sucked. And I went against my own big board, which was really dumb. <laughs> and especially after we talked all about sticking to our boards. Yeah. We literally talked about you that. You didn't. It's like, okay, man. This week, starting five draft, we're going to do best bet fast food chains. Is there anything before we get going that we need to clarify? I think one thing we do need to clarify is that this is fast food chains and not just Buffalo. Like for an example, Jim right. Steakout or uh, Mighty Taco, things that are Buffalo fast food places. That's not what we're talking about here. We're they talking have, about like, places with no zero, with zero national profile. Right. Like, no, right. Like local chain. Cool. Like it's cool for local, but like, right. If someday maybe we'll do a local Buffalo food chain. Right. Uh, draft, local, it, local Buffalo restaurants right, or something. So I want but, people to know that because I strongly suspect we're going to get pushback saying mighty taco, Jim Steakout, and yeah, a couple just, other places like that. Plus um, so like leaving that stuff on the board opens it for big time yeah. pandering. Like just absolutely like just shamelessly fishing for votes. Yeah. Like, oh, I took Mighty Taco. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Stakeout, you want to sponsor this podcast? All right, I got yeah. you, man. I got you with the first pick. <laughs> votes being bought and sold right, for the poll. Right. But all right, so we're we're clear on that. So this is pretty much this is gonna be like it doesn't have to be all over the nation, but at least regionally. It's gotta go beyond your area and your state. Yeah. Uh, for these all right so i got the first do we, do we need it to just be that like places that are around here or can it just be like any anywhere okay. don't have to be around here there'll okay. be some people a lot first of all a lot of people who follow us on twitter or who will listen or watch this podcast they are they're not from buffalo they're from all over so mm-hmm. and you've been to enough places i've been to enough places yeah. we've had enough mm-hmm. places that uh i think we could come up with 10 all right well i got the first pick and uh you know, I, I will say this. Some weeks we have a poll, t- and maybe I'm wrong, but this is just my opinion. Some weeks we mm-hmm. do a poll where it's a dominant, clear-cut number one. Last week, for an example, how are you not going to take Tom Brady? How are right. you not going to take Tony Soprano? How are you going to, you know what I mean? A couple right. of those. Mm-hmm. This, I don't think this is like the, this week. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. That mm-hmm. said, um, I'm up first. I, I am going to go, and this is a popular one too, I guess. It's a, a name one. Because, and I still is it possible to pick something first overall and still think it's at least slightly overrated? That's what I'm about to yeah. do. That's what yeah, I'm about no, to I, do. I think, I think that's, I think that's the case for, for most stuff. Like, right. you know, I, I picked Brady first. And it's like, aren't we over Tom Brady? Yeah, we are. Yeah. But like, he's still number one. I got to go Chick-fil-A. That's going to be my first pick. Um, wow. It's what I don't like about Chick-fil-A is the weights. And like I, when it came to Buffalo, I was living in Florida when it came to Buffalo and it was funny. It was like the biggest news story in the world. And people mm. parked fucking a mile to get Chick-fil-A. I lived in Florida. It was one five minutes from my house. I never waited more than five to 10 minutes to get Chick-fil-A. I like, mm-hmm. I like, I love their food. I'm not a big crispy chicken sandwich guy. Generally speaking, I like grilled chicken. I don't like crispy chicken sandwiches, but I do like mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A's. Love their sauce. I do love their grilled. I feel like I'm having a meal instead of just some fast food when I sit down. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, this just came to my mind as we're drafting. Criteria. So Joe and I talked about yeah. this before and then agreed. If you go and sit down somewhere and a waitress is coming to you and taking your order and bringing your stuff, that ain't a fast food place. I Correct. thought of that because of, well, Pizza Hut. I, I thought of Pizza Hut when I thought of that. Mm-hmm. You go to Pizza Hut, you sit down, a wait, waitress or a waiter comes, they take your order, they bring your pizza to you. That ain't fast food no more. 
Are we clear on right. that, right? We're good 100%. All right. 100% so clear. Unrelated to this pick specifically, but I want to throw that out there. Right. Well, I said that because I started thinking Chick-fil-A is one of the few fast food places where I feel like I'm going and I'm actually getting a, a dinner. Like if I go there at six mm-hmm. o'clock, I don't want to eat again at seven, quarter after seven, like I do with so many of these other yeah. places. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I'm going Chick-fil-A first. Okay. I I think that's a bold call. I think, you know, I, I, I think you're going to get a lot of overrated. You're going to get a lot. You're going to, well, you're getting, well, yeah, overrated. You're also going to get a lot of heat for it. I'll tell you that much. I'll live with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know what? Uh, this opens the door for me to take a couple, couple places that now, and mind you, I haven't, I don't eat lots of fast food anymore. Like that, you know, I'm just not in those. Not as much anymore. me. Either. I'm, I'm fat enough. I don't need to, I don't me need too. to be splurging. So, um, but if I am going to get fast food, these two places are probably most likely the places I'm going to want to go to. Okay. Uh, because I get the cravings for it. Uh, it's Chipotle. Okay. And Popeye's. Okay. Popeye's. Popeye's, like, Popeye's to me is the superior fried chicken that you can get around here. Now, there's debate. another there's another place that like I like more, but it's 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 very just the south southeast place. Like I, I don't know how proliferate. You know, proliferated it is, but, um, but yeah, but like Chipotle, man, I, I know they label it Mexican food is non Mexican food. Like, let's be real. Like, it's just you know, it's 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 fine. Like, you you can do it. You get it in a burrito form. That's fine. But like, man, it does the job. It does okay. the job, and it tastes good. And like, you can get it as healthy or as sloppy as you want. Like, that's <laughs> that's that's the fun in Chipotle. You can be a total pig, or you can be kind of smart about how you're eating, all in the same place. <laughs> and uh, and Popeyes, man, like just everything about that place. I just, uh, it's so good. Like the chicken's so good. The sides all rule. Uh, I, the chicken sandwich. I our 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 poll might come down to who which guy picks the superior chicken fried chicken sandwich. sandwich. But yeah. Um, but man, like, yeah, if, but like there, there are other places, like sometimes you get a hankering for, you know, fries or whatever, but like, sometimes I'm just kind of like, man, a couple pieces of fried chicken and some seasoned fries would be real nice right now. And yeah, go hop in line and go for it. You know, I like, I like Popeye's and, and you, when you mentioned fries, it made me think of waffle fries at Chick-fil-A that I also love that I should have been mm-hmm. plugging it with, uh, to defend my pick. Chick-fil-A, I, I don't like it. I, I'm, I, my son is obsessed with it. I just don't like that kind of food. So I don't ever go there. Okay. My son is literally obsessed with going there. He goes there three, four times a week. Um, that's a popular three, one. Three or four a week. Yeah, you know, he spends. Well, he's well, a nineteen-year-old. Like he's a nineteen-year-old yeah. dummy who spends his entire paycheck every yeah. week on fast food and you know, and, and, and beer. <laughs> anyway, all right. So I got two here. Listen, I could have taken this number one overall. I had, mm-hmm. I was confident I'd be able to get it in the second round. If you're from Buffalo and you've only lived in this area, you've probably never been there, so this might not resonate with you, but. Man, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I let this go any longer. Zaxby's. I had this Zaxby's, in Florida. Nice. I love Zaxby's. I'll tell you what. I might like Zaxby's more than Chick-fil-A. I took Chick-fil-A first because I thought you might take it. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose it. But I love Zaxby's. Their chicken sandwiches are un- incredible. Good yeah. burgers. Um, in Florida, where chicken wings are horrifically bad, <laughs> they had wings that were edible enough that you'd be like, all right, these aren't horrible. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you could, yeah, yeah. once in a while, if I was craving a chicken wing and there's a cause a pizza down there, if it wasn't open, I'd go to Zaxby's. But anyway, I freaking love Zaxby's. I don't, I know they go up to maybe New Jersey, definitely Virginia. I know that. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I had that in Florida a million times. I love it. Nate Gary okay. will, will plug Zaxby's too. I'm going to yeah. make sure I pander to him to 
to get this out here and vote for me. All right. And, and then my second pick. Pandering to Geary. That's a new low for you. <laughs> and my other pick, this is uh, maybe the most famous one of all, McDonald's. And I'm going to pick McDonald's for one reason. Fast food can serve lots of purposes. Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, Zaxby's. You sit down, you get a meal. Awesome. McDonald's is great to go to for any situation. Drive through breakfast because you don't want to make something at home. Um, mm -hmm. But more than anything for me, anyway, it's great hangover food. Like yeah. After a night of drinking, nothing more I love than going to McDonald's the next day and getting a couple double cheeseburgers with, you know, with extra mm. shit all over it or, or whatever. <laughs> so morning, day or night, you can go to McDonald's, get your fix. Again, it's nutritionally, it's terrible, but uh, it just serves. It's like my utility knife. I could go there yeah. for so many different reasons. So yeah, McDonald's and Zaxby's. Okay. No, it's solid. That's I, I don't know how well Zaxby's is going to be, is going to hit around for people that vote on this poll. But if you pull in any outside of the area, people that, that might, that might do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna uh, listen. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. These these make too much sense for me. If you didn't grab McDonald's, by the way, I was absolutely gonna take it now, just because <laughs> can't leave, can't just leave McDonald's sitting right. on the board. Um, but there is one that I'm not gonna let sit on the board much longer. Uh, it's Taco Bell. Okay. Now I know Taco Bell can be kind of divisive because, like you know, it's you know, it, it is what it is, but. It's it hits the spot, man. Like it hits the spot, and it's cheap, mm -hmm. which it takes care of business. Also, uh, I like Taco Bell. Buddy of mine and I are convinced Taco Bell is the best hanger hangover food because like you can have the worst hangover going. You order like three tacos and like a quesadilla or like a crunch wrap or whatever, it is gone. It is gone immediately. It is gone for it is gone forever. Uh, it's the it's the best hangover killer, especially you get that Baja Blast uh, Mountain Dew going with it, like. You get that you get all that that mixed together whatever that you know weird fast food chemistry is it mm -hmm. seems to work and it makes makes you feel a little bit better after after a heavy night so uh, yeah taco bell gets the win for me there um I, I, weird i don't have a burger place yet uh but i'm gonna fix that now i'm gonna take five guys okay i was gonna take that uh, i fi uh, listen i know it, it's it's on the pricey side i get it uh the burgers are worth it burgers are so good and like it's the only place where you could order a kitty fry and still get half a bag full of fries. So you know, <laughs> I was just going to say it, that it's got, it's got that appeal to it. Anytime. Like I remember the first time I went there, I was like, Oh, large fries. Fine. They're like, my friends are like, don't, don't do not do that. I was like, why? They're like, you get a large fry. None of the rest of us are going to get fries. We're all going to share. I go, <laughs> okay, let's do that. I'm just curious now. So we did that and it came out and like three of us couldn't split all the fries that were in there. We're just like, Jesus, we're so full. So like, I, I look at it. Like they give you free food uh based on that but um but yeah it's it's it, that's another one like if i got a burger craving and i don't want to you know wait around forever for it five guys is the call yeah i listen i i'm this is gonna might be unpopular in buffalo i actually prefer taco bell over mighty taco personally um mm -hmm. wh where that pick we'll see how it plays out just like mine with zaxby's because i think you might get some people who are divisive who, who love mighty taco and if they love mighty taco they're gonna say they hate taco bell well, um, whatever though, but five, and I, there's no helping, you there's no helping anybody. You like said that. it with five guys. Perfect. It's like, I need to take out a loan, you know, or save up my money forever. It seems to be able to afford to go to five guys and buy a hamburger, but mm -hmm. to your point, it's good. But the fries, oh my God, there's first of all, they're awesome fries and mm -hmm. you get so many. 
And, <laughs> yeah, so and the, many. The, the real trick is to get the Cajun fries. The Cajun fries yeah, are yeah, freaking yeah. great. All right. I got two more here. My last two. Um, you know, I'm going to go with another popular stable, and that's Wendy's. Uh, I Again, kind of like to a lesser extent, the McDonald's point where they, you get a lot of different things you can have, and I've had that hungover too. But I like their grilled chicken sandwiches are, are really good, and mm -hmm. they have spicy chicken nuggets that I like a lot. And I love yeah. when I'm treating myself, I love the chocolate Frosties, which is different from a shake. Mm -hmm. You know, you eat it with a spoon. So different enough, a little more pricier than yeah. the uh, other places like that. But I like Wendy's. So I'm going to go Wendy's. And then with my last pick, I'm going to draw from another place that's not in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to plead to people to let me compare it to something and you can envision it. Culver's. I went to Culver's a lot okay. in Florida. Okay. I love, love Culver's. Amazing hamburgers, cheeseburgers, uh, you get double hamburgers. Their fries are really good. And it's like the place I would compare it to if, if you lived in Buffalo would be Anderson's because they have really mm -hmm. good ice cream and milkshakes on top of that. So you can get good food and you can get yourself a, a sundae or or a milkshake. Again, I don't know how that's going to play. Two of the five I picked have really nothing to do with Buffalo. So I guess I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of leaning on people who either live somewhere else or have been to other places and have had these places and enjoy them or well, whatever. I, I'm, I'm good I, with I might not have to share this poll this week <laughs> to try to try to rig it for me. Cause I know if Culver's Culver's might put some people over the top. <laughs> All right, um, here you go. You got your last one. So, okay. So last one, uh, Culver's was, uh, I'm surprised you took that because I, I would have snuck I would have snuck through maybe to take that one. Um, Love Culver's. It's yeah. I mean, listen. It, it it the only knock it gets from me is it's kind of big because buddy buddy of mine and I were driving back from Fargo for a friend's wedding, and we stopped in Madison, Wisconsin, because uh, we we're like the next day we were going to go to Milwaukee to see the Brewers play. Then we we're going to go to Wrigley the next day to to see see the Cubs play because mm -hmm. you know we made baseball part of the trip. We stopped at Culver's. I I took a big risk. I got fried shrimp for some ungodly reason in the middle of Wisconsin. And my buddy got a Swiss mushroom burger. Pretty safe. Mm -hmm. Who do you think got food poisoning? The other guy. The other guy did. He was out for two days. So we wow. had to bag both baseball games and then we just floored it to get back to Buffalo. <laughs> so we had to like cram the trip in. So like Culver's, Culver's gets a big big oof for me for that because it cost us cost us a couple mm. of games to go see but uh but enough of that though enough of me crapping on your pick um <laughs> I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go this is probably one I, I i might not have taken before but i'm gonna do it now i'm gonna take arby's okay and you know like the i think the like the beef and cheddar is pretty classic you can't go wrong there sure um they have like a snacker menu which has got like jalapeno poppers and mozzarella sticks that stuff is shockingly good like you'd think those might be like crappy things to get in the way man they're they are elite they're better mozzarella sticks you might get in most restaurants they're so good um but they got a new burger the, wa the, the wagyu 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 whatever wagyu steak burger holy shnikes batman that's unreal like it's now that this is one that geary will agree with me on which makes gives me pause don't like believe that but it's I, I can't a I can't believe that somebody did that and B somebody did it and made it like so it doesn't cost a thousand dollars to get at you know at at the fast food place but yeah like Arby's Arby's sneaky good one and they all Arby's also got dunked on by the Simpsons long long ago and I don't I, I think they were wrong then and they're wrong now I've uh I've been getting Arby's roast beef sandwiches 
for years, man. I, I'm, I'm a big Arby's fan. Plus, I don't. Well, I'm trying not to drink pop anymore. By the way, mm -hmm. I've been almost two weeks going with that. But anyway, I know this might sound dumb, but certain places have much better fountain sodas than others. Mm -hmm. And the Diet Coke at, at uh, Arby's is really, really good. I remember specifically going just for that. Let me run down a few before we get to our picks. A couple big uh, heavyweights that neither of us took, which some mm -hmm. people might be surprised about. No one, neither of us took Subway, and neither of us yeah. took Burger King. Um, no. A little bit surprised about that. A couple others I have honorable mentions I wanted to throw out there. Checkers, uh, mm -hmm. Dunkin' Donuts, which you can yeah. remember decent sandwiches, plus I love their bagels. Uh, if you want a quick pizza, Little Caesars, bam, mm -hmm. run in, you're in Hot and out. Ready. Um, mm -hmm. Steak and Shake, I don't know if you've ever had Steak and Shake. I have. Mediocre mm -hmm. food, amazing chocolate milk <laughs> So yeah, I've had they also, but they milk. also do inferior fry. They do crinkle cut fries, the inferior yeah. fry. I don't know if I've had that. But, uh, all right, what else? KFC, <laughs> KFC. Um, yeah. that's that's another popular one. Starbucks, another popular yeah. one. Uh, Tim Hortons, I guess. Jimmy John's. Oh yeah, Jimmy John's. And yeah. then the other one, which I almost took, Jersey Mike. And let me tell yeah. you why I didn't take Jersey Mike's. I love their steak subs, but here's the problem: if you get a normal steak sub normal one mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't feel it, it's too much bread their bread's heavy and it's not enough meat and stuff so that's, it, a, that's a couple of big knocks right there it's a very big <laughs> knock. so what i'm saying is if you go there you need to get double you need to get the the extra large one and then you end up spending 18 dollars for a sub which i guess Ugh. in today's economy now everything's up to 18 bucks for a yeah. sub pretty much but uh yeah yeah those were the ones that i thought of that we didn't take yeah no those are good ones there's there's some that i would have that I I would have taken, but like I've got my own like In and Out, like that's almost like strictly West Coast. Like yeah. you know, you, you get like west of Dallas. I think that's In and Out starts showing up. Maybe like Arizona, Nevada, like it starts showing up out there. I've had it once before. I had it. I had it when I was in Phoenix, and it was fine. Like people go ape shit about it out mm -hmm. west. They're like, oh, it's the best place ever. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, just <laughs> chill out. It has vastly inferior French fries. The French fries are piss poor yeah you can't, see, that's a a big strike. You, you can't be a burger place and have no, shitty fries no, they're too yeah, important. you can't you can't do it they're too important let me run down our picks here as we get out uh all right so i took chick-fil-a zaxby's mcdonald's wendy's and culver's joe took chipotle popeyes taco bell five guys and arby's first glance quick thoughts predictions I like that. I like that we had like good variety here. Like we didn't like all like just hammer burger places or hammer, you know, you know, taco places or whatever. Like we, we, that's a pretty good diversity of styles of food. So I, I think, I think good on us for doing that. Not just like saying like, I'll take McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's and, you know, five guys just going with that. You know, I would say to me, this looks close, but what the hell I've learned. One thing is I don't know shit. Because I say this will be close and one of us will end up with 83% of the votes on Twitter come the yeah, weekend, I, which <laughs> I, I am not taking any guesses as to who's going to, this is wide. Right, open. right. I agree. Vote for me or Joe at Pat Moran tweets or at Joe Yurden. Um, we'll both have it up sometime in uh, the early afternoon. You'll have all weekend to vote. Enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody. Backstreet Boys concert for me, family for Joe. Made his day podcast. Coming up next week, NHL Draft. Lots of fun stuff to look forward to. Thanks as always, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me, Pat, and uh, enjoy.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.